Seven of this podcast series, Comfortable Words. As we walk through this pandemic together, we are drawing strength, I hope, from the songs of the unknown prophet, which we find in 15 chapters of the book of Isaiah, songs written for the exiles in Babylon to give them strength and hope and a future. The title for this series is Comfortable Words, and it comes from two different places. The first is the opening song of this prophet in Isaiah 40 verse 1. Comfort, comfort my people. The second is the phrase used in the Book of Common Prayer for a particular group of texts, the comfortable words. These words are always spoken by the priest at the very centre of the service of Holy Communion. After we have confessed our sins, the priest says, Hear what comfortable words our Saviour Christ says, to all who truly turn to him. There are then three scripture verses, and the first of them is this from Matthew 11:28. Come unto me all that travail and are heavy laden, and I will refresh you. As I record these words, the world and our country and our church stand in need of great comfort. We are now beginning a second lockdown. We don't fully know what that will mean, but it will be difficult. Cases of COVID-19 are rising. We're at the very beginning of winter. Many of us are already weary from all that we have been carrying, so weary. We stand in great need of these comfortable words ourselves, and so do the communities we serve. We haven't been this way before, and there is so little to guide us. But perhaps we might start with that old English word, comfort. Its meaning has changed a little from the meaning we find in the scriptures. Today, comfort is something soft, like a big hug soothing us and folding us. Also a well-known fabric conditioner. But that's not the whole story. Comfort can be gentle and tender, certainly, and it has love at its heart always. But that's not actually the core meaning in Isaiah or in the Book of Common Prayer. The English word comfort comes from two Latin words, com meaning with, and fortis meaning strength. We all know the word fortitude, which means bravery. So to comfort someone, is not simply to wrap them around with cotton wool and tenderness. Comfortable words are words which restore our strength, which build our core, which strengthen our backbone, words which give us the energy to stand our ground and move forward, words which help the exiles find the courage and the character to leave Babylon and rebuild their city and their country exactly the task which lies before us now and in the coming years. 
The next three months or so may well be the hardest of the COVID journey. We have to find the resources somehow to give strength to our families and communities when we are already tired and worn down by disease and fear and grief. The weeks ahead will test our faith. And we will need to draw on the deepest wells we can find in one of the greatest challenges of our lives and of our life as a church. With all my heart, I want to say to you, have the courage in this time to go deeper into God and deeper into your faith and draw on the great reservoirs of courage God gives to his people in these seasons. And one of those deep wells is the passage we come to this week. This is the third of the four great servant songs in Isaiah 40 to 55. The prophet now sings of the leadership which is required in times of great crisis, not just for the exiles, but in every generation. The prophet sings as well of the leader, God's anointed, who will come. Each of these songs points forward to Jesus, God's Messiah. And the prophet sings of the leadership the followers of Jesus are called to exercise in every generation. The first part of the song speaks of the way in which the servant's ministry is rooted for this time of crisis in teaching and listening and a willingness to bear hardship and suffering. Read with me in Isaiah 50, 4-6. The Lord God has given me the tongue of a teacher that I may know how to sustain the weary with a word. Morning by morning, He wakens, wakens my ear to listen as those who were taught. The Lord God has opened my ear and I was not rebellious. I did not turn backwards. I gave my back to those who struck me and my cheeks to those who pulled out the beard. I did not hide my face from insults and spitting. Four times in this song we find the phrase the Lord God. Each time the phrase is followed by a strong verb, something God is doing. The ministry of the servant is God's doing and God's calling. The servant is responding all the time to God's actions. The Lord God has given me the tongue of a teacher, verse 4. The Lord God opened my ear, verse 5. The Lord God helps me, verse 7. It is the Lord God who helps me, Verse 9. To draw comfort and strength from the song, we may need first a change of perspective. The ministry we are called to exercise is not ours, but God's. This is God's world and God's church. And we are called to discover what God is doing and what God would have us do to join in. All too easily in times of crisis, we try to take the whole world onto our own shoulders. But as we do that, so the weight of everything will crush us. So remember to pass that burden back to God, the maker and creator. Then be ready to take up the part to offer the help which God asks of you and which no one else can give. As we've seen with the other servant songs, these words of the prophet are fulfilled in a particular way in Jesus. He is the one supremely whom God has called to be a teacher, a rabbi, 
able to find the right word for every situation, the one who tells the best stories, the one who crafts the most memorable sayings, the one who draws the crowds with his parables and images. And Jesus is the one who morning by morning in his earthly ministry draws near to God and listens, who spends time alone with his Father, who does nothing that he does not see the Father doing. Although the words apply to Christ first and foremost, they also set the pattern for everyone who is a follower of Christ. We too are called to this service, and our service to a weary world needs to begin exactly where the servant's ministry begins in Isaiah 50, with listening to God. That listening is to be a daily discipline for all of us. Morning by morning, he wakens wakens my ear to listen as those who were taught the Lord God has opened my ear can you hear the repetition morning by morning he wakens he wakens my ear my ear I once heard a talk which offered the very attractive translation morning by morning he digs out my ears to emphasize how difficult it is to listen to God and how many things get in the way Sadly, I can find no support in the Hebrew for that translation, but it's a great concept. But the original does imply that God needs to wake our ears up every day to listen to a fresh word for that day. Give us this day our daily spiritual bread. And the original says clearly that God needs to open our ears as Jesus opens the ears of the deaf to hear what God is saying to us every single morning of our lives. The message is clear and very simple. If we are to serve God well in this pandemic, then we will need to give a first priority early in the morning, when the world is still, to allow God to open our ears to what God is saying, to find and discover a word for that day, the word which will sustain the weary around us, Listening to God and to this weary world is the first keystone of the servant's ministry in giving comfort. The second, which we are also called to imitate, is strength and resilience. The word we hear and the word we are called to bring may not be welcome. Already in the first half of the song we are introduced to the suffering of the servant I gave my back to those who struck me, and my cheeks to those who pulled out the beard. I did not hide my face from insults and spitting. Those words are echoed, of course, in the Gospels, in Matthew 26, 67 and 27, 30, where Matthew describes the trial and crucifixion of Jesus, the suffering servant of God, who fulfills these prophecies. But the second half of the song has more on this theme and another very striking image for a vital part of the body. The Lord God helps me, therefore I have not been disgraced. Therefore I have set my face like flint, and I know that I shall not be put to shame. He who vindicates me is near. The servant is going to have to persevere through suffering and difficulty. The words the servant brings will be life for some 
but they will be resisted by others. The prophet to the exiles would have experienced this persecution from the people of Babylon, but also pushback from his own people, who may have settled too well in a strange land and may not have wanted to return at all. To comfort the disturbed will often mean disturbing those who are comfortable. Jesus experienced resistance and persecution in the same way, both from the Roman governors of Judea and from his own people, and sometimes from his own disciples and followers. Are we to crumple and fold in the face of resistance and opposition? By no means. The song deploys the image first used by Ezekiel, who was called to deliver a difficult message to a rebellious house. God says to Ezekiel, Like the hardest stone, harder than flint, I have made your forehead. Do not fear them or be dismayed at their looks, for they are a rebellious house. Ezekiel has to deliver a message of judgment. We might think that a message of hope, good news, would not call for the same steel. But that is not the case for Isaiah's servant nor for Jesus. Luke tells us that at a certain point in his ministry, Jesus set his face to go to Jerusalem, Luke 9.52. This is a turning point in the gospel story, and I think an echo of this verse in Isaiah. Both Jesus and the servant are called to set their faces like flint, even as they deliver words that can bring healing. And so are we. When I first became a bishop around 11 years ago, one of the things I had to do was to choose a ring, part of the Episcopal kit. Most bishop's rings are quite ornate and have a precious stone set in them, normally in a gold ring. They're a sign of the bishop's love for and commitment to the church, the Bride of Christ, and especially to their diocese. I struggle quite a bit with having to choose and to wear an Episcopal ring, but eventually I chose a very simple steel band with no stone. That was inspired in part by Sheffield, where I was first called to be bishop, a city built on forging metal in the crucible, and especially by steel. But it was inspired also by my needing a symbol for myself of determination and resilience at the heart of my own ministry. I'm not always able to live up to it, but the ring has been a sign to me of the commitment of love at the heart of my calling, because God stands by me and for me, at least some of the time, I have the strength and determination to keep going. We all need that flint, that steel, in our discipleship in the present time. We will hear much more in the longest and deepest of the servant songs about the suffering of the servant and the deep redemptive purpose of that suffering. But here we need to ask the question, where exactly is the comfort in this call to become rock-like in our commitment and dedication and to set our faces like flint? It's certainly not the comfort of a warm embrace. There is nothing fluffy about this kind of call. But there is comfort in the ancient sense of the word. We do draw great strength from being women and men of depth and conviction in these times people who will stand by our post, who are determined to dig in and dig deep and keep on loving and living well.
I hope and pray that the church which emerges from the pandemic will be a church which mirrors the qualities of the servant in this ancient song, the qualities of Christ. I hope we will be a church characterized by humility, a servant church. I hope we will be a church characterized by listening to God and able to speak the words which will sustain the weary around us. And I hope we will be a resilient church, able to set our faces like flint, determined to bear witness to the way of love in the midst of all the suffering around us. Peter was called to be like a rock, and so are we. In the spirit of being rock-like, perhaps everyone needs to be a little bolder. It's a terrible pun, but irresistible. Finally, it's always interesting to see where the insights of the deep well of Scripture surface again in the contemporary world. One of my favourite secular books on leadership is Good to Great by Jim Collins. Good to Great was published almost 20 years ago. The clue is in the title. It's a study of the elements which enable the building of great companies which are able to sustain growth, not just over a few years, but over decades. Collins extended his work to other kinds of organisations in Good to Great and the Social Sectors, published in 2006. It won't surprise you to learn that, according to Collins, leadership is one of the key factors in developing great organisations. But it has to be leadership of a particular kind. Jim Collins calls the leadership that is needed Level 5 Leadership. Level 5 Leadership goes beyond skills and knowledge to two vital qualities of character. What are those two vital qualities? They are exactly the qualities evidenced in Isaiah 50.49. In Collins' words, Level 5 leaders embody a paradoxical mix of personal humility and professional will. A paradoxical mix of personal humility and professional will. They will be servants first, with the humility to listen both to God and to others daily, but they will also be resilient, determined, not for themselves, but to fulfil their mission. This is exactly the kind of leadership which is needed now in families and schools and workplaces, in our charities and hospitals, in universities and in our churches. It's exactly the leadership we need in local and national government as well. This is the leadership which brings comfort and strength and hope in times of immense difficulty. The Lord God has given me the tongue of a teacher that I may know how to sustain the weary with a word. Morning by morning he wakens, wakens my ear to listen to those who are taught. The Lord God helps me, therefore I have not been disgraced. Therefore I have set my face like flint and know that I shall not be put to shame. May God bless you in your service, your listening, and your determination and your courage.